College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You work for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, El Conservador, Richie V, Mr. Call Screener, all sorts of names I got out here. And Rich Valdez with an S is the social media handle. And welcome to the Sunday edition of This is America. We're talking about all sorts of things today. We've got this weekend, of course, the Sunday shows, and maybe we'll touch a little bit on that, but that stuff is really boring today. But there's uh, some subversion I want to talk about, a bunch of silliness, a bunch of shenanigans, and AOC is up to her old tricks, blaming the U.S., uh, colonialists, of course. Then we've got some covert operations coming out of the White House and all sorts of other crazy things. So we're going to jump right into that. Now, I was scrolling on social media, and I'm not great at this. You know, some people are really fast and really witty. I have to put a lot of effort into this because I just, I'm distracted by other things in life and I'm not just great at social media. I have the two slowest thumbs anybody's ever seen. I'm just not a really quick typer. And they're so fat and thick that when I type on the little screen, I always have typos and it's just, it's more work than I want it to be. But I was scrolling and I see this uh, Instagram story from the homegirl uh, out in Florida. And it says, free Cuba, Venezuela, and Britney. And I'm thinking, that's funny. You know, we did a show on Britney Spears about two or three episodes ago. And I agree. Uh, let's leave Britney Spears alone. Let's leave everybody alone. We don't need people getting up in our face telling us what we can and can't do. Like I said that day, and I'll say it again, if I'm rich and I go crazy, let me go crazy. If I want to buy a Porsche for every friend I got, let me do that. If I want to send my friends on vacation or just spend my money foolishly, I mean, you can come to me and say, hey, listen, Rich, I'm really concerned with the way you're spending your money. And listen, I don't even have money like that to spend, so don't worry. But we shouldn't um, use the courts and, and the government to interfere that way. I think that's totally inappropriate. Her dad's spending money he hasn't earned. It's not his, it's hers. So, aunque está loca, even if she's crazy, let her do what she wants to do because... I don't think she's killing herself. And listen, she wouldn't be the first. There's plenty of rich people that end up dead because they honestly have too much money on their hands. And I think of the people that fall into addictions. You look at Whitney Houston. You look at Michael Jackson. He wasn't an addict, but he had this team of doctors and these people all around him in this carnival, never wonderland, whatever it was called. And and you look at that and you think, you know, nobody did a conservatorship on those people. So I say, leave Britney alone. But that's not what we're talking about today. I want to talk about this other stuff that I saw as I was scrolling. And it said, um, you know, more stuff about Cuba, more stuff about Cuba. And I'm thinking, now it's interesting because there's this guy and he's like a celebrity and he's, um, I forget his name, but it's irrelevant. He's telling this story about, you know, I supported Black Lives Matter, but now I'm looking at how you guys supported Fidel Castro and you supported Maduro and you did this and you did that. And I'm thinking, you know, face palm emoji, right? These people have always said that they were Marxists. These people are hardcore communist sympathizers. 
They said it on their website that their goal was to destroy the nuclear family. This wasn't about black lives mattering. This was about... Is mattering a word? If it's not, we just made that up. Add that to Webster's stat. But it was about the subversion, what they want to do, the way they want to take over everything and anything that they can. And we've talked about how they prostitute the language often enough. And in this situation, now you've got celebrities and different people that are waking up because there's one thing that they can't turn their back on. I mean, some can. So many Cubans and others, Venezuelans. I mean, you don't have to be Cuban or Venezuelan to reject communism. I'm not. I'm an American of Puerto Rican descent. I don't like communism. I don't think anybody should like communism, but there's a couple of idiots out there that like communism that say, listen, you know, that because of communism in like extreme third world countries where you start spreading the rich people's wealth around to everybody else, the poor people really um, flourish. And I think to myself, wow, so the poor people are flourishing. That's great, but they didn't earn that money. So this is how, you know, they they try to say, you know, birth rates increase, this increase. Yeah, everybody does better when there's more money, granted. But in the same way, in a situation like Cuba and Venezuela, people go starving and they start eating their own dogs. And in Cuba, you can't even eat your own dog. I've told you this story at least three times, but I'll echo it right now with my my buddy, Professor Roland Alum. He's now a professor emeritus from the Empire State College here in New York, but he told me that when he came to the United States, they took his bag away at the airport and told him, no, he was 15 years old, coming from Cuba to the United States. They said, bro, you can't come to the United States with our bag on you. You could take the clothes with you, the clothes on his back, not the clothes in the bag, the clothes on his body. The bag and the clothes belong to Fidel. Just like the chickens in the backyard, because I was telling him about this story and my brothers were shocked and dismayed when they were little, probably right before I was born or when I was really little, when they had seen a family member go outside and say, hey, we're going to have lunch soon. They grabbed the chicken by the neck, flung it over their wrist, cracked the chicken's neck, and that was it. Put it in a cauldron of uh, boiling water, un caldero, and then the next thing you know, it was desplumado. It had no more feathers. And then they go ahead and proceeded to cook the chicken. And that's that was a normal thing. Just go outside and grab a chicken. And he said... I'm going to do my Roland Alum voice. If you know him, you're going to laugh. If you don't, you're like, hey, what the heck? Richard, you cannot take the chicken from your own backyard because the chicken belongs to Castro. And I'm thinking, wow, hasta los pollos, right? Even the chickens belong to the communists. That's out of control. I mean, this is an idea that's difficult for me to comprehend, the idea that there are no private property rights. So when somebody comes and says, oh, but people's birth uh, rates increased and their wealth went up because we decided to take so-and-so's money, that they, whether they got it legit or by hook, by crook, however, and we spread it all around, everybody's doing well, and that's somehow something we should defend. <laughs> that's somehow a, an economic system. Uh, workers of the world unite, right? Everybody's Ava Perone. Come on. That's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. But again, if I'm not doing a good job explaining myself as to why it's dumb, then you need a little bit more than listening to this podcast to help you. What I want to talk about is how these people, and many of them, a lot of people on social media, the same people that were were praising the Black Lives Matter movement when I think so many people were criticizing it, saying, look, this has nothing to do with black people. They're trying to destroy the nuclear family. They're trying to uh, implement 
Marxism by way of race and racial segregation. And that's not cool. And people are like, no, you're being a bigot. Oh, you're this and you're that. And now those same people, many of them are saying, man, you know what's happening in Cuba is not cool. So it's a, it's a reckoning and it makes me think, are we having an effect? Are we having an impact? And I hope so. Because the sharing that you guys do of this program, and I'm not saying just this program, I'm saying everybody, but you know, I am talking to you, the listener of This Is America with Rich Valdez, so I thank you. Because without you, we don't have a show. And it's you sharing things by text message to your friends saying, hey, check this guy out. Sometimes he's funny. Sometimes he makes sense. Whatever. He's an idiot. He's a retard. Check him out. You don't, you're not going to like him. You're going to hate him, but listen to it. Whatever. Whatever your thought of me is, that's fine. But the sharing, the, the buying of the t-shirts, sharing the t-shirts, using them as conversation starters, all of that stuff, sharing links to the show, sharing it on social media, sharing it from Spotify, from iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to. That is, I believe, making an impact because I can see it in our numbers and the growth of the program. So I thank you because, again, without you, the listener, we're not reaching people. We all have to be in this together, and I know that you guys are doing your job. I think it's working, so keep it up. I appreciate it. And I think it's important that we realize that there is a contingent of Americans out there, and we, you know jokingly refer to so many of them as the squad, AOC, all out crazy, our least favorite congresswoman from the Bronx and Queens, but there's others. And while we make a lot of jokes, I mean, there's a lot of serious stuff that goes with this, a lot of uh, dangerous outcomes if they're radical, crazy thinking, to put it bluntly, becomes the mainstream. And now you've got one of the most popular Congress people ever, at one point the youngest congressperson ever elected, all out crazy herself, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez from the Bronx and Queens, New York 14. She's out there and she's talking about how it's the fault of the United States that Cuba is in the situation that it's in. Not the regimes that were there doing this, not, not the Castros and the antecedent regime. But the United States, listen to this. One of the things that we want to make sure that we communicate is our solidarity with the Cuban people. And what's extraordinarily important for us to communicate as well is you is the is the actions and U.S. contributions to the suffering of Cubans on the island as well. And that is directly related to the embargo, the U.S. embargo, like other U.S. policies particularly other U.S. policies targeting Latin Americans and Latinos, the cruelty is the point. And I outright reject the Biden administration's defense of the embargo. So she outright rejects the Biden administration's defense of the embargo. Wow. So somehow it's... Because the United States has made a choice since JFK. Let's get it straight, right? It was JFK, President John F. Kennedy, a Democrat, who said, you know what? We're not going to do business with communists. We're not going to have trade with this country. This is not unique to Cuba. This is unique to plenty of places. Now, I agree that if we're going to do it to Cuba, we should do it to China. And I think Trump tried to. 
And a lot of people said, you're going to ruin the economy. You're going to do this. You're going to cause all this problem. All these country club corporatists, Republicans uh, got in his face. Democrats got in his face. Everybody got in his face when he was talking about tariffs. And I didn't support the tariffs. I, I don't like tariffs either. I would have supported an embargo a lot quicker than I would have supported tariffs. But the problem was an embargo probably would have bankrupted America and destroyed our economy because we're so dependent on China. So when Trump says, you know what? I'm going to reverse what Obama did and we're going to reinstate this embargo or at least, you know, try to do more with it. He was the bad guy. Now, AOC and her friends, the squad and everybody else on the left, now they're saying, well, this is the case. It's the United States fault. This is the reason. And I think, come on, you can't be serious. But she is. She's serious and she wants us to believe that the United States not having trade with Cuba is the reason that people are saying, I don't like the fact that I can't have private property rights. You've got people saying, I've suffered so much, I don't care if you kill me, I'm going to stick up for my country. Por patria y vida, right? They're saying they're going to give their lives for their homeland. I'm not making this stuff up. Watch the videos. Now, there's people saying some of the videos are doctored. I might agree with that, too. Just like anything else, people want to say there was election fraud. I've seen instances of that. Sure, I have. I've also seen fake footage of election fraud, of of ballots being printed in China and this and that. Pompeo himself said that video that circulated, at least that one video that he showed in this press conference he did, and we talked about it here on this program, but if you don't remember... He showed a video of somebody showing American election ballots for the 2020 election, some Chinese guy, Chinese subtitles, whatever it was. And the whole thing was created, the whole thing was a, was a hoax created by the Iranian intelligence people to try and create problems, more problems with China. These things actually do happen. People are always slinging mud. It's very Machiavellian in the um, international affairs area. So again, I was telling somebody offline the other day, I wouldn't be surprised if, and we talked about it on the last episode, if Biden is somehow involved in saying, you know, Xi Jinping, and again, I'm speculating, if you want to call me tinfoil hat, no problem. But the way I look at this, if Xi Jinping says, you know what, I want Cuba for me. Those guys, I don't want to have problems with them. I want you to have problems with them. You're the big guy. You can do it. Let's make it look nice. Let's make it look like you're saving the world. It'll be a win for you. And a win for me. Go in there, send in a bunch of people with a bunch of American flags, rile up the troops, just like they did with the BLM. I mean, to me, this looks the same, just like they did with the Arab Spring. Looks the same. They all look the same. You get people in there that know how to do an upheaval of a regime in the name of freedom, in the name of democracy. You go out and do it, and then you put in another puppet of Beijing. Listen. Could be my own speculation. Maybe I'm wearing the tinfoil conspiracy hat. No problem. I'm not saying I even believe what I'm saying. I'm saying it's a thought that I would give some credence to because a lot of things don't add up. The bottom line is that people in Cuba are fed up. And when you give them a catalyst and you give them a reason to say, you know what, we can defend our country. We can do what we have to do. We can have liberty. If they believe that to be true, they're going to go out there and go for it. They're going to put their lives on the line because everybody wants the God-given right of liberty. Punto y final, period, the end. Up next, we're going to hear a little bit about what Joe Biden had to say about Facebook and the spying and all of that stuff. So keep it locked right there. Do not move a muscle. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. 
All right, bienvenido, America. Welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. Make sure you get at us on Instagram, on Getter, G-E-T-T-R, and all the rest of those social media outlets that are out there. There's so many. I, I don't know why I have such an aversion to social media, but I do try my best. I have an agent. I have a producer, and they're always like, you got to do more video. You got to do more engagement with the audience. People need to know who you are. They, you know, they. I, I like the allure of radio that you know, you don't know who I am. You don't know what I look like most of the time. You know, and, and you get to put on uh, this creative program and do whatever you want. I could make voices. I could make fun of AOC. I could do what I want. Video, I think, is, is a lot more going on. You see it coming. It takes away a little bit of the element of surprise. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. You let me know if you're enjoying the videos. If you do, we're going to keep more of them coming out. We have more video content. Like I said in two episodes ago, we have this idea that we're thinking about kind of um, marrying one of these reality shows to... Um, one of these fly-on-the-wall shows where we kind of go around and follow different talk show hosts around and different people that are in media and politics and uh, create these short episodes and make them available to people so you could see the other side of what this is like when we're not doing the show. And I think a lot of people are really interested in that inside baseball kind of thing. So let me know if there's any interest in that, whether it's through the email, through the contact rich feature at richvaldez.com. Make sure you check out the flagship website, the richvaldez.com is where everything is at. Or you can just hit me up at Rich Valdez with an S on all the social media. I'm happy to get back to you. Uh, I just don't check it as often as I should, but I would love to drop it in a comment somewhere. Whatever you got, we'll do it. We'll have that conversation and we'll take a look at your ideas. But I want to talk about what Joe Biden had to say. Now, President Biden, this is a real interesting character because Joe Biden, he, he says one thing today. He says another thing tomorrow. He's a real quintessential politician. I mean, this is what a politician looked like when I was a kid. He's that perfect if you were casting for a politician you'd pick him if you know if you were casting for a reformer type of politician you cast somebody like trump el trumpito donaldus magnus the 45th president of these united states right you go with somebody like him this billionaire this bravado with the uh, orangish hair and uh, you know he's just such a character larger than life and you think man that's cool you know guy from tv and real estate and all these other things he did but biden's this kind of milk toast run-of-the-mill yeah, we're going to, you know, communism's bad. Let's, you know, I mean, he, you just can't trust this guy as far as you can throw him. Joe Biden has been spying on Americans. And this is interesting because you knew this. We talked about it. He's doubling down. He's saying the reason we're spying on people is because, I mean, if, if you guys keep with your misinformation about not wearing masks and don't get the vaccine and this, that, and the other thing, and, you know, saying things like the truth, like COVID has a 99% recovery rate, well, we may end up, in really, really bad shape, people can end up dead. Listen to this. What's your message to platforms like Facebook? They're killing people. I mean, they're really... They're, look, the only pandemic we have is among the unvaccinated. And, that, and, they're, and they're killing people. Okay. So unvaccinated people are killing people. I mean, Joe El Baboso Biden is really un baboso right here. I mean, he usually is. I look at the things he's saying, the only pandemic here. I mean, he's an expert at politics. This guy can have all sorts of dementia, Alzheimer's, whatever it is. God bless him. I hope he doesn't have anything. But he could have whatever he wants. He could be drunk, high, whatever. The one thing this old timer won't forget is how to play politics, to always put the other guy on defense. You know, you're bald. I'm not bald. You just don't have any hair. You know, and just, or you're blind. Your glasses are dirty. You know, always putting it back on you. 
never taking the defensive position, always putting it on offense, bringing it right back to you to back you into a corner. So that's what it is now. What's going on with Facebook? Oh, Facebook, they're killing people, he says. I want to know. Mark Levin raised the other night. Uh, I was in the control room, and he says, I want to know. Let me know, people, folks. Let me know who not a single person has died. Not a single person has died because of misinformation. He's right. The recovery rate was 99.8. There were people, of course, that had you know compromised health and this and that and the other thing. And things like that will hurt you no matter what you are. Look at poor Biz Marquis, R.I.P. Biz Marquis, fighting diabetes. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. So a guy in poor health because he's fighting diabetes, which causes cardiovascular disease, which causes so many different things. You know, people end up losing toes and fingers and their vision and they have organ failure, all because of the one disease, which is usually related to weight. For some people, it's not. But if you can't get a handle on your eating, and I'm not saying this for Bismarcky, I'm really saying this for myself, right? At one point, I weighed 269 pounds. People say, no way, Rich, how could you? Yeah, I mean, I was just fantastic and fat. Who knew, right? I just wore baggier suits. I looked great. I never had a complaint. But eventually it catches up to you. You look at the blood tests and they tell you, uh-uh, no good, no bueno. You got to keep it moving. Literally keep it moving so that you can exercise and drop a few pounds. And that's what I did. So I, I say all of that not to brag about weight loss. I say all of that because we have to be responsible about our health. And to suggest that somehow somebody on Facebook is killing people when there's a virus that's killing people that are infirmed and that are uh, already vulnerable because of um, age. I mean, this is farcical. And, you know, speaking of people getting COVID and speaking of things like that, last week, the big story, and I didn't talk about it and I didn't talk about it on purpose because I thought it was kind of overblown. But this is right up my alley because it's very cynical. But there were these Texas Democrats that you've heard up Uh, Up the wazoo, you have not heard the end of the Texas Democrats that, to not take a vote, decided to jump on a plane and fly to Washington to hang out with uh, Vice President Kemala Harris and a few other people. In my opinion, it was an overreaction to say that some politician isn't doing their job, that they should be arrested. I think that's absolutely insane. If I was a Republican politician and I decided I'm not going to vote on that because it goes against my conscience, it goes against whatever, and I'm not doing it, and I'm going to decide, you know what, I'm out to Mar-a-Lago, I'm going to hang out with El Trumpito, and somebody says, a Democrat tells me, oh, we're going to have you arrested, I'm going to say, you're a fascist. What is wrong with you? I'm a public servant. At worst, you want to give me a fine. At worst, you want to tell the people to fire me. Because that's who I work for. I work for the people. And if I'm not doing my job, they can fire me. I get a term in office. So, I mean, the idea that anybody was saying we should whatever. And again, no no disrespect to them if that's what they want to do. But I believe we got to be fair about things. What's good for the goose has to be good for the gander. All of that being said, the funny part now is Kemala Eres and her Democrat friends that were all there, she's having a routine visit at the doctor today. That's right. Now, Kemal Eres is claiming that this was a routine visit to Walter Reed, but I don't know. Not so sure. Now, again, this is a Sunday edition of This is America, and this came out about an hour ago. I'm going to read this to you from the rightscoop.com. 
It's Sunday. That means it's time for politicians and media to lie on all of the Sunday shows and set up the lies and deceit for the whole week. It also apparently means a surprise routine, quote-unquote, visit to Walter Reed Medical Center for the Vice President of the United States, Kamala Harris, a.k.a. Kamala Harris. By the way, the maskless Democrats who flew to D.C. with COVID-19 in their carry-on luggage, (laughs) who just happened to meet with her, didn't wear masks. Uh, If I could fly on a plane and not wear a mask, I would love to do that too. This is the part where we ask the question we always ask and must always keep asking because asking it is an important question, even though it's rhetorical. How would this story be reported by the media and CNN if it were Republicans that had done this? Well, I just posed that scenario. So you've got Andrew Sullender here. He's tweeting, Vice President Kamala Harris has a routine doctor's appointment at Walter Reed today, uh, according to White House officials. Fox News reports, that Harris's office says that the vice president, is, if she's showing any symptoms of COVID-19, they would let them know, but nobody's responded to anything. On Saturday, a Harris spokesman, Simone Sanders, said that Harris had not been in close contact with the infected lawmakers, saying, quote, based on the timeline of the positive tests, it was determined the vice president and her staff that were present at the meeting were not at risk of exposure because they were not in close contact with those who tested positive and therefore do not need to be tested or quarantined. Wow, she doesn't even need a test. Wow, que malaitis. That's terrific. Anyway, Sanders said in a statement adding that Harris and her staff have been fully vaccinated. Well, we'll talk about that, I think, in a little bit, perhaps. Her spokesperson said it, then it has to be true. Of course, you're off the hook and you can't do anything um, because that's how it goes. That's Kim Malaeres and her team. You know, the, the irony is so rich there that the Democrats say, oh, you got to do this. Oh, you got to do that. You got to do this. You got to do that. Blah, 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 blah. And then when it comes down to it, no, you're not. there's not a, a damn thing going on. Well, anyway, I want to get to this other audio that I want to play for you because it's in the same vein of the censorship and it's kind of a, a departure from COVID-19 talking about misinformation and how Jen Back Pasaki continues to double down on the violation of what we would argue is free speech and free speech rights and how they're censoring that and really how just the Biden administration is spying on Americans looking at their social media and Facebook. Peter Ducey, I mean, God bless him. If he were ever to decide, I'm tired of being a journalist, he would make an excellent congressman. I think we need good guys like him in the Washington uh, press corps because somebody's got to hold these people accountable. But I want you to hear what um, Vice President, uh, excuse me, Jen Pasirkelback Pasaki, we're done with Kemalaitis, what Jen Pasirkelback Pasaki had to say to Peter Ducey. Misinformation and the announcement from yesterday. For how long has the administration been spying on people's Facebook profiles looking for vaccine misinformation? Well, that was quite a loaded and inaccurate question, um, which I would refute. Well, Peter, first of all, as you know, we're in, we're in a regular touch with with a range of media outlets. As as let me finish. As we are as we are in regular touch with social media platforms, this is publicly uh, open information. People sharing information online, just as you are all reporting information on your news stations. But- 
Okay, so these 12 people who you have on a list, 12 individuals, do they know that somebody at the Surgeon General's office is going through their profile? I'm happy to get you the citation of where that comes from. There's no secret list. I will tell you that these are people who are sharing information on public platforms on Facebook, information that is traveling, is inaccurate. Our biggest concern here, and I frankly think it should be your biggest concern, is the number of people who are dying around the country because they're getting misinformation that is leading them to not take a vaccine. Whoa. So this is what I want to know. Who's dying from not getting a vaccine? Because every time I turn on the news, CNN included. And CNN, boy, did they have a series of stories on the vaccine today. But who's dying from just not having a vaccine? Because I think, you know, the Surgeon General came out and he said, hey, my bad. Everybody should wear a mask and blah, blah, blah. And now they're going back to the vaccine thing. And I'm, I'm just curious because I know a bunch of people who didn't take the vaccine and they're OK. I know a bunch of people that did take the vaccine and they're OK, too, because, again, the point that seems to be lost on all of us is that if you're not already in bad shape, most people get this thing and are better pretty quickly. Now, again, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I know I, I mentioned this sometimes and people tell me, oh, you, you must have not lost anybody. You're right. I didn't. I didn't lose anybody. I know people who did lose people. But again, a dear friend of mine, his grandpa was 89. He's about to be 90. And and they believe it was that. Never even got diagnosed. But they believe, you know, it was a respiratory ailment that kind of came on very suddenly. And God rest his soul. Gentlemen, I love this guy. But I, I have to say, I would also expect my dad, who was in his 80s and had, you know, ailing health, that if he was, you know, if he, if he got a bad pneumonia, he would die. If he got, you know, the flu, he could die. So these are the things where it's kind of like, come on, it's endemic. It's pandemic because it's global. I get it. The people getting it that are healthy aren't dying from it. And there's a vaccine. I'm not even on the vaccine tip where I'm saying don't take it and RNA and it's this and it's not really an inoculum. I'm not even going there. I'm just pointing out the facts. So to say that, you know, Fox News isn't concerned with the amount of deaths. What what are the deaths? They're so low, every state's opened up again. This is the point. It's really about free speech. It's really about how free is your speech. See, a lot of people lose sight of the notion or the idea of what free speech consists of in America. And you know what? Let's take this quick break. We'll jump into that. I'm going to play some audio for you, and then we're going to wrap this thing up. Don't move a muscle. We're not done just yet. I am Rich Valdez at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. Check us out at Rich Valdez on Getter, on Twitter, on Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. If if you're on there, I want to hear from you because we got to keep this conversation going. Don't move a muscle. We'll be right back. This is America. We are rocking out over here. Sunday edition of This is America at Rich Valdez with an S on all the social media. Make sure you give us a follow, share, 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 share it again. Because that's how this show grows. I get shadow banned like crazy. Just because I'm brown and I'm conservative, they tend to not like that. So I do appreciate all of the sharing and all of the help and all of that stuff. But right before we took that break, I wanted to explain the importance of things, right? And there is only one country that's like the United States, and that is the United States. Where free speech is actually protected by our Constitution. And our government is ruled by... And not the majority vote, which would be a democracy, but by 
our constitution. So we are a constitutional republic. We elect people to interpret the constitution, whether it's at the federal level to implement it, the judicial level to interpret it, uh, the um, ju- the legislative branch, so that people can uh, you know work within those confines. But it's about the constitution, and and I get that. But I think a lot of people don't. And I understand because if you're American, you get it. And if you're if you're from somewhere else, you can think, oh, you know, like when people tell me, oh, this is what's happening in Canada. So I get it. I'm not saying I'm I'm not phased by it. But when these people, pastors getting arrested, all that stuff, they don't have constitutionally protected free speech. It does not exist in any other country except for America. Now, people have free speech in as much as or insofar as they're free to say what they want until somebody does something to them. It's not protected under their laws. I should say it's not protected or written into their constitution. In America, the United States of America, it's our First Amendment. This is a key distinction. So when you have foreigners that make up the the board of advisors of Facebook's content moderation committee, yada, 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 like we do in the situation we do now with Facebook, bringing on the former prime minister of Denmark, who says, well, the question becomes, you know, how free is free speech, right? Because they're bringing their European values, and I've always been against that. If you want to call me a racist, you can, but I don't like European socialism. I don't care for it, and I don't want to see it in America. So when people say, we got to do things like the European court does, eh, no. Bien mal, va bien mal. You're going the wrong way. That's You're going into que mal eres territory. Fall back. What we have to do is stick on the topic at hand. America, the United States, we the people, our constitution. We're unique that way. Some of these Danes that we have, uh, in particular this one, sound the alarm. That's right, we're sounding the alarm because some people are so out of control with their commentary in particular, uh, former Prime Minister Schmidt, saying that free speech, well, it's just not free. And I think that is crazy. Check this out. And what we're trying to find, of course, I think many of us who are engaging in this conversation, is that is that middle road. How do you moderate content? And when? how do you find that balance between uh, human rights uh, and free, free speech versus a human rights, uh, but also other human rights, because obviously free speech is not an absolute human right. It has to be balanced with other human rights. And that is what the oversight is there uh, to do. Until now, we have seen uh, uh, content moderation, as I said, from a few, few select few in, in Silicon Valley. And ultimately, Mark Zuckerberg has been moderating content. Now we have uh, the oversight board, which is a completely new invention, uh, to do this work. Um, and, and of course... I want to say that I think this is a very, very positive new way of doing it. Okay. Wow, what a mouthful. She kept it clean. She kept it gangster. There was no faking jacks in that one. She just said, free speech is not a human right. She just said that. You know why? Because in Denmark, it's not. But in America, it is. I have a God-given human right to speak freely about the things that they tell me I can't talk about. Politics and religion. That's right. The things they tell you not to talk about. That's exactly what I could get on a soapbox, stand on the corner in the public square, and talk to my heart's content. And if you've listened to this program for any amount of time, you know I love to talk. Point being, when you bring in someone like this, a foreigner, to do this work, and again, Facebook is a global company. 
So maybe the United States should consider whether their free speech advisory board, content moderation, whatever, this new invention that she claims, maybe it's time for us to say, hey, you know what, when you're in the United States, you've got to do as the Americans do, where we're able to have free speech. And I think Republicans are trying to do that with this argument of Section 230, which I see gaining zero traction, zero. Uh, I would hopefully this Trump uh, lawsuit makes it somewhere, uh, but uh, I feel like it's it's a losing battle. And again, this is uh, Senator Ted Cruz. I, I have a lot of respect for Ted Cruz. I know he brought that up. I think he brought it up initially, uh, this platform versus publisher thing, and a lot of people bought onto it. I think by and large, these are private companies. And again, the argument is made. I don't know that I've even been persuaded yet. So I think, again, if I own a bodega and I want to say things in my bodega, I do what I want. Now, if you're going to make the case that, you know, yeah, but the 230, all right, no problem. Let's see if this thing sticks. I hope it does, because I do think it's wrong. But I do believe in the competition, right? That this is where liberty comes in. I applaud Jason Miller, former Trump advisor, for starting Getter, this new social media, for the people, Bongino and others, that started Parler, because they said, you know what? Screw you, Twitter. I don't like what you're doing, so I'm going to do my own thing. And then guys like me say, you know what? I have the liberty to be on Twitter. I can be on Facebook. I can be on Getter. I can be on Parler. I can buy books on Amazon. Guess what? I could do whatever I want because I have the liberty to do so. And I think that's what the free market is all about. And the good ideas, may they always prevail. And that's why we have to get behind the good ideas. And I do. I support these guys and what they're doing. And I'd love to walk away from Twitter. But, you know, there's tens of thousands of people that hear about this message that we have through Twitter. And it would be a disservice to the audience, a disservice to the work that we're doing if we weren't able to reach them. So maybe one day I'll be able to walk away uh, the way Mark Levin did. But I'm not Mark Levin, right? And I think most people aren't. That's why most people are still on Twitter. They're still on Facebook. They're still on Instagram because we're having a fight. We're, We're tussling. And I get it. I get it. I totally understand it. And I want things to be better. And I expect them to improve. However... It doesn't stop where we're at. And when you have companies like Facebook bringing in a prime minister from Denmark to say that free speech isn't a human right, well, now we've got a problem. And I think this is where it gets very sticky and very complicated because you've got people that are compromised within the judicial establishment that may not be willing to do the right thing, just like we saw when Trump brought very legitimate cases on the basis of the constitutionality of these legal changes that affected the outcomes of multiple elections and the totality of the 2020 election with mail-in ballots, et cetera, et cetera. This was a, a scam and a scheme like we'd never seen before. So it's difficult to unpack it. I get it. And you've got people that are cowardly in approaching this. They want to hedge their bets. And I get it. Nobody wants to jump headfirst into something where they don't know what's going to happen. I understand, and I'm the first one to say you have to have courage and this and that, but I also understand that we have to be judicious and we have to, you know, take it one step at a time. There may be a time and place for us to go all in on something, but sometimes you got to do a little recon before you jump in, and that's where I'm at. So I think uh, the lawsuit that Trump brought, he's bringing it on the right things. I think he's in the right, and the America First Policy Institute, I think, nailed it uh, from what I read And it looks solid to me, but what do I know? I'm not a judge. I'm not going to make these determinations. I do know that we have to continue to push forward on the things that we believe in. And we can't continue to go down this slippery slope. Now, my advice to everybody has always been the same. 
We want to see a change. We need to be that change. We don't like what's happening with Facebook. Get off it if you want. That's one solution. But the other one is, how are we going to change the culture of Silicon Valley? Right? Because ultimately, this is about everybody changing from the inside out. And that's how Marxists work. Whether it's the gay community, the black community, Hispanic, or what they want to call Latinx community, one of the dumbest things I've ever heard, the, the Silicon Valley tech community, whomever they are, Marxists get to them with their ideology and we stay home minding our business. And that is what has to stop. Our free speech is our strongest tool. Let's continue to use it to ring that bell for liberty and do what's right. Because if we stand for nothing, we'll fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. So don't sit there and do nothing. Do something like they're doing in Cuba. Whether it's a false flag or not, it's real. There are real people that are suffering under real oppression, under a real communist regime. And this is a golden opportunity to see a new future for Cuba. Hasta la próxima. Until the next time, America, I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register.